Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey everybody, welcome to the Play On Preview podcast. It's round six of AFLW. What a time to be alive. Jen Bastiani is here with me. We're in a little studio here in Northgate, just chilling, talking about all things footy and just getting excited for the round ahead. How are you going, Jim? I am so tired. It's <laughs> not even funny at this point. But still excited. <laughs> yes, yeah, still excited. Still up and about. Just um, struggling a little bit tonight, as you uh, have already seen tonight. I do have coffee, so I may perk up as the episode goes on. Yeah, and I've seen a little bottle of Pepsi floating around as well. So. Yeah. We've all got, the caffeine. Yeah, we've got we've got absolutely all all guns loaded, all bases loaded, or whatever the saying is. So <laughs> we'll stop doing cliches. We'll talk about footy because that's what we're here to talk about. Um, and it was a good round last round. Obviously, probably headlined by a Richmond win, their first ever AFLW win, and now they get prime time at Punt Road Friday at five ten Australian Eastern Daylight Savings Time, and they're playing against North, so it's going to be a bit of a challenge for them to to back it up again, but. Do you think they're in with a little chance somehow? Well, this one's already sold out, we should mention. Absolutely. It's I love that. sold out very quickly. Pine Road always tends to sell out really quickly, so kudos to all the Richmond fans out there just jumping on tickets straight away. It's awesome. Yeah, so that's sick. Um, I, I mean, they won convincingly last week and they have had good form heading into what happened last week as well, so you can't discount them. But I think the issue here is the way to beat North, and, and a couple of teams have proven that already this year, is the way to beat North is to limit that outside control. And I don't know that um, Richmond, at their strength, at their best, do that particularly well. I think they do other things well, but I don't think that that's the thing that they can shut down. So we saw Carlton last week able to shut that down for, you know, a quarter and a half, yeah, quarter and three well. quarters. Yeah. Um, but they couldn't do it for the whole game, and I think it's going to be very similar. We'll see a patch in this game where Richmond do limit that, and then they're able to score themselves, but I don't think they can do that for the whole game. Yeah, it would definitely be really difficult for them, but I think they, they had glimpses last week. Ellie McKenzie obviously winning the Rising Star nomination, finally. Ridiculous. I didn't realise she hadn't got one yeah. yet. I was like, oh my God, okay, she's on the board. But yeah, that little bit of... Uh, passage of play down the wing where she was just selling candy and evading all these players. She that's had gonna seven be, bounces. Yeah, that's going to be a clip that's going to be shown for many, many years. So kudos to her and, and hopefully she can back it up this week against North. But I'm interested um, in the matchup down in Richmond's forward line. That's Courtney Wakefield. She's been she's been pretty, pretty, pretty dominant. I mean, she hasn't got as many goals on the board as she'd like, but she's been putting the con- – putting, um, her hands up to take lots of contested marks and, yes. and things like that. So 
Um, you're thinking Daniel Hardiman might match up on her this round. What, what do you think is going to happen there? Yeah, so it's worth noting that I actually have this written down on a different page of my notebook because I'm doing something else with this. But Hello. Courtney Wakefield has kicked seven goals this season so far and she is leading Richmond oh, um, for well, goal kicking. Oh, well, just ignore what I said, people, because <laughs> <laughs> clearly I'm looking at the wrong person <laughs> and the wrong stats. <laughs> um, I, I, as you would have heard in the review that I did with Rana after round five and you know pretty much every other podcast we've done this year so far is that I'm a massive Courtney Wakefield fan and I love the idea of the matchup of her and Danielle Hardiman because Talia Randall in an ideal world would match up on a Katie Brennan um, with that little bit more mobile outside of the 50 kind of role so Danielle Hardiman on Wakefield so Tegan Cunningham a couple of weeks ago kind of got the better of Hardiman because she was, she's a taller player. She was playing in front and the delivery inside 50 was so quick that Hardiman didn't have the chance to even get a spoil in because Cunningham was playing in front. But Cunningham, it, the ball didn't really hit the ground that often and she doesn't kind of play ground level footy that well. Whereas Wakefield, I like this matchup because both of them can go in the air, but both of them can go at ground level as well. And I don't know that Richmond are delivering the ball inside 50 to Wakefield as well as Melbourne were in that game. So this matchup, I think, would be really interesting to watch because, yeah, they can both go at ground level, they can both go in the air, and maybe the way the ball is going to be entering will maybe favour both of them. So it's just going to be a really fun one-on-one, I think, for a lot of the game. Yeah, that's something that I... Um, I'm hoping happens. We haven't seen team announcements yet, though. That's okay. We lo- I love how you, how much you look forward to genuine one-on-one yeah. matchups. Like <laughs> you can just tell, like footy diehards absolutely love the one-on-one. So that's so <laughs> it's so good. I, I'm even excited for it too. I mean, you know, I'm thinking of matchups for like someone like Jazz Gardner who has who had. Probably, I wouldn't say a breakout game for 2021 because she's been in, in stellar form all season, but it's just kind of working everyone else up to what she can do. So I'm so glad that someone else mentioned Jasmine Garner before I did because I <laughs> yeah, feel like I a broken you're a record. Fan. Yeah. It just, she, uh, so she had 32 touches and nine clearances last weekend, Crazy which is numbers. career highs for her. Yeah. But also, she kicked a goal. She's now kicked six goals this season. She's kicked. And you think of Courtney Wakefield, like you just said, leading Richard with seven. And Garner's yep. not that genuine forward. She kind of plays across the midfield of forward and she's got six. So This is the point I'm making. So Sorry, I'm taking I've clearly, away spot. No, no, absolutely. No, I love this. Um, I've clearly perked right up talking about Jasmine Garner. But <laughs> she, as a midfield winger hybrid forward, mm. kind of since in the past two years, she's kicked 14 goals across her what would be seven games last year and five this year, so 12 games. So she's averaging 1.3, I think, goals a game as a midfield forward, so playing more in the midfield. As a pure forward in her first three seasons, which was 21 games, she kicked 15 goals, which is like 0.7 goals a game. She's averaging more goals, more possessions, more everything as a playing out of the forward line. It's wild that we haven't talked about it I mean I know that I talk about it a lot but I don't hear it externally very often so that's why I'm harping on it well we'll make sure we do hear it externally we'll, we'll make sure <laughs> you guys that are listening can spread the word out for Jen because she's sick of doing it on her own so guys get Justice on Twitter get Jasmine on Instagram Garner. absolutely get, a, get in the Jasmine Garner Garner, Garner fan club <laughs> getting my C's and G's mixed up but that's okay um just back onto the game I suppose and yes Away from the Jasmine Garner fan fan club. Um, <laughs> tipping for this one, who are you going with? <laughs> what margin? Uh, I'm going with North by 25. So I think it, it'll be play out quite similarly to last week where, as I said, when North are on, they're going to score reasonably heavily, but there will be a patch in the game that Richmond do get on top. So it, 
won't blow that score out to, you know, an Adelaide versus St Kilda kind of mm. scoreline. What about you? Yeah, I'm thinking North by 30. I just think, um, yeah, they're a quality side and I think they might do well on Punt Road as well. It's mm. not the, the biggest ground, but I think it's a ground that'll work well in their favour. So, yeah, we'll see what happens. Totally. So the next game, Jen, we're heading off to Monica Overly in Canberra. You were calling for this on the on the podcast last week and for Brisbane to travel over to Canberra and they will be doing that against GOS and that's on Saturday at three ten Australian East and Daylight Savings Time and we saw the Lions get a massive win over Frio, broke their winning streak at home and do you think that this is this is it? This is where they can really capitalise on the season ahead and, and really cement themselves as the absolute ones to beat yeah so we say last week was a massive win which it was but not in the scoring sense more in the occasion sense absolutely Um, yeah and interestingly enough Brisbane actually kicked their lowest score of the season so far in that game so they kicked 3725 what I'd like to see from Brisbane in this game is them come out and get that forward line firing again. So they kicked, I think, 41 points, 65 points, 65 points in the first three rounds of the season. This is an opportunity for them to once again kind of put that distance between them and the rest of the competition when it comes to percentage. They have that forward line that can fire. We've seen it multiple times this year. I'd love to see them put a really big score on the board because this is... These are the kinds of games that you need to be winning by big margin. And this sounds so disrespectful to GWS, I'm realising. Um, but, you know, when it comes down to it, there's only six spots. Um, you need to make sure that you're in that top six. And one way to really make sure of it is when you win, win big. Yeah, that's the only way, isn't it? Just percentage boosters, we always talk about it. Um, and I was just going to bring up a stat that you said on the podcast last week as well. We um, put this out on our socials as well and play on Radio Melbourne, so have a look for it. Um, so you you said and the Lions are actually conceding the lowest scoring accuracy of any co- club in the competition at the moment. So you said teams are scoring at an average of 19% against them. And then Freer, on the other hand, are generating the most scoring shots per game in the competition. So we saw that st- kind of come into play because both sides were inaccurate and um, yeah, Frio still generated lots of scoring shots, but it was just inaccurate. So good stuff by you. You kind of forecast it. <laughs> Thank you. It's um, it's interesting to note that that's now fallen to 17%. Right, um, So yeah. teams are scoring at 17% accuracy against um, Brisbane. So that doesn't bode well for a GWS Giants who historically don't kick that accurately either. Yeah, they've been tra- they've been struggling with accuracy this season. And um, I guess we'll move on to another topic as well. And that's... um. That's Kathy Zvark, and we, we, we speak about her every week, matching up on the best midfielder. Um, do you reckon she's going to be able to do it against Elise Parker this time? So the Giants, their big issue, and again, this goes back to stuff um, we were talking about just before we started recording, is the leaders of each club's um, halfway through the season, who's leading each club statistically and you know disposals, clearances, all that sort of stuff. Um, Elise Parker is... The dominant, at least Parker and Beck Beeson are the dominant force at GWS. Without, and I mean Parker to a higher extent because she's doing things like leading their intercepts as well as their clearances, and you know she's everywhere. Um, so the the idea that so much is reliant on so few at the Giants, um, Beeson and Parker are responsible for fifty percent of the Giants' clearances so far this year, which I think Huge. is the, the most. Um, to this point in the season in history. Wow. Yeah. So I would be concerned if that were the case, um, just because you you limit what one can do and 
you limit what the whole team can do. So the other layer to this. I love layers. <laughs> Rip them off. I, I realize that I'm going on little tangents here today. You so I'm really here. sorry. Rip them off. <laughs> but last year, Kathy Sparks coming of the age game was in round four against the Giants, specifically against Elise Parker. Right. And Elise Parker in that game had 11 touches, which was is the lowest in her career. She and then Kathy Svark had, I think, I, have, I should have written this down. I didn't. Twenty three touches. She kicked two goals. She had like four hundred something meters gained. She had a bunch of inside fifties. Like Kathy Svark took Elise Parker's game away from her by tagging her and then attacked herself. It. She had nine tackles. I think she had like it was wild, the kind of game she had. So I'm so excited. If you're Craig Starcevich, why wouldn't you send her back to her? Especially when you know how much of an influence Parker has on her team's fortunes. And you know that that is the performance you can have. Like, this matchup is going to be so fun to watch because you've got the... A, Svark has the confidence knowing she can do that job. But B, Parker will have the... You know, she wants to get one back on her because of the job she did on her last year. So that game kind of propelled both of them into a really good back half of the season last year. Let's see what happens this year. Yeah, totally. And you mentioned, you know, it's going to be really hard for the Giants to, to get up and get a win here, especially with Brisbane going the way they are. So it's good that there's little matchups like that we can look forward to because I'm guessing in your tips, you're probably going to go with Brisbane with a big margin. So yeah, it'd be good to see that little that little matchup there. <laughs> what is the margin, Jeb? You're looking at me like you're, you're looking at me like it's a really big one and you're a bit worried. <laughs> um, no, just I mean, thirty points. I've said. Yeah. Um, but I yeah, I would love to see Brisbane pile on a big score. What about you? I've actually, I'm, I'm the one tipping the big margin, actually. I'm going 45 points. I reckon it's just going to be a really big... Um, I think Brisbane would have been really disappointed with um, their accuracy last week and their lack of points on the board, per se. Um, so they'll be rearing to go. And I think Dakota... I can just imagine Dakota Davidson absolutely <laughs> being a pest in the forward line and wanting to get as many goals as possible. So I reckon she'll have a big game. <laughs> well, also, someone asked in our review, runners in my review on Sunday, um, who do you think is going to be the player to break the seven-goal record that Brooke Lachlan holds? And I said Dakota Davidson has the potential to jump up and have Ooh. a big goal game. Imagine if it's this one this week. Oh, you would love that. <laughs> I might change. <laughs> You would just inst- you'd be like, yeah, that was me. Yeah, welcome, Dakota. You can just come back and thank me. Send me the invoice. No worries. <laughs> so we'll leave Dakota Davidson and her invoices alone for the time being because we need to head over to Norwood Oval and it's Adelaide hosting the Gold Coast Suns. Two time zones because there's two people in this room. Too much fun. You know how it works here in this podcast. <laughs> Saturday at 4.40 Australian Central Standard Time or if you're on the eastern side of the land down under. 5.10 Australian Eastern Daylight Savings Time. <laughs> bit of fun here. A bit of an interesting game. It's it's probably going to be similar to what we were talking about before with Brisbane and the Giants. It might be a bit of a blowout because of how Adelaide have, have found their fork. You talk about how Adelaide have really just hit their straps now. Yeah, so um, again, as I flagged in our review on Sunday, was Adelaide are, are kind of edging closer to that really high-scoring, destructive team we saw in 2019 that they became um, and then really convincingly won that premiership. So that looms as a really big concern for the Suns in this one. The thing that I think will be most interesting here is that there's not really a reason to play Aaron Phillips in the midfield for much of this game, and that sounds really disrespectful when you think about the Suns, but um, with uh, Sarah Perkins out now for the remainder of the season, Jamie Stanton kind of becomes their main avenue to goal now. 
and Jamie Stanton is so important in the midfield, but they're going to need her to be playing a lot more forward as well, like they did last week. So you don't need Erin Phillips in that midfield. Just sit her in the, um, in the goal square. She could come out and just have a really destructive game because, because they don't need her elsewhere on the field for this one. So rest her up, up forward all game at home and they'll still get the better of that midfield with Hatchard and Marinoff kind of as the one-two. And then there's players like Najwa Allen and even Ash Woodland that can push up. And Chloe Shear has been doing a lot in the at the clearances as well. So, yeah, I think that is a sign that your team isn't necessarily going very well if Aaron Phillips doesn't go into the midfield at all. Mm, yeah, it's a good point. It's, it, you're right. Like, it can sound a bit harsh, but, you know, we're just analysing the game and it's a good point. Like, you know, you'd... You probably, if you're Adelaide, you want to you want to rest her for the rounds coming up. So I don't see why they chuck her forward and see how she goes. But yeah, you mentioned. I just wanted to just break from the games for a second. You mentioned that Sarah Perkins obviously did her MCL out for the year. We were talking off air about how we've just been absolutely smashed with terrible ACL injuries and knee injuries and just long term injuries this week. You know, we've had a really scot free season. We've got had a really good injury run, but bang, we've had you know three ACLs in a, in a week pretty much. So we obviously saw Liv Purcell go down last week. Lily Postle waits out for the season two. Um, Jordan Membry from Collingwood. Deanna Berry as well. And even dress, Jess Chen in the VFLW yeah. for Hawthorne too. So, as captain. Yeah, it's just, we absolutely hate to see it. I just wanted to just break from it. We just, just wish them all the best from, from the bottom of our hearts. Like it's obviously really tragic injury. We wish, you know, you're on the field playing the game you love, but we know you'll tackle it with absolute ferocity like you do with um with footy so yeah I just thought I'd give them a shout out because yeah, yeah it, it, and seriously like it breaks my heart watching as a fan like you know I get like emotional speaking about it because like they just you know these players that don't they don't this is not their full-time job this is they have to still go to work they have to still you know they, they've got to take leave because they've done you know their knee injury in footy there's just no security and stuff like that so yeah it's just a hard time for them but we're praying for them we know they're going to come back even bigger and better. So see what happens, hey? Absolutely. I agree with all of that. <laughs> it's an what inc- she said. It's an in- no, it's an incredibly <laughs> difficult injury to come back from. And I know that personally from having done it. Mm. So, yes, I I agree with all of that. Well, Jem's a big Pilates fan now. So maybe that, <laughs> maybe maybe that's what it would do for you guys. When you, when you after your ACL, you're going to just be like, yep, yeah, I'm going to do Pilates now. That's it. Just gonna... It's good for your knees. Low impact. <laughs> Absolutely. Get onto it. <laughs> uh, we'll go back to the game now anyway. So, um, yeah, it was Adelaide and Gold Coast we were talking about. And Suns obviously haven't had the best start to the season. They've had probably the worst start of all teams. Um, I think, are they the only team that's winless now? Geelong. Geelong as well. Yeah, so... Winless to start the season. Um, what can they do to just get get some energy going into this game? Because a team that's nil and five going into a clash against you know the two time AFLW premiers, how do you kind of get energy up and not go into your shell? Yeah, so I think that's the big thing. What you've just said is they can't go into their shell. So we saw last week the Saints really just batten down the hatches and then try to play safe defensive footy, and it just was disastrous. The Suns need to play risky footy because realistically, what have they got to lose right now? Yeah. They they haven't won a game yet. They're coming up against one of the strongest teams in the comp who are one of the highest scoring team in the comp this year. Fucking try. Try something. You know, like try to attack. Don't just try to shut up shop in defense because that's never going to work. 
you lose by a bigger margin. Who fucking cares at this? Sorry for all the swearing. <laughs> but like, who cares at this point? I was going to say, are we allowed to swear? It's my podcast. I do what I want. Um, yeah, just try something because even a little spark, even if you lose by a bigger margin, someone doing something spectacular like that Kalinda Howarth goal last week, that mm. kind of volley kick close to goal. Was that her first of the season or something? It was, yes. Like I couldn't believe it when I yeah. heard that. So. They played more aggressive attacking footy last week. I think because they weren't intimidated by their opposition. Mm. The worry is that they go into this game like St Kilda did and just flood back and then just have a high score kicked against them but then them only kick one goal for the whole game and it just feels so desperate. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'd love to just see them try something because what have you got to lose? Yeah. And then something spectacular, again, even if you lose by a big margin, something spectacular could spark something for next week. Hmm. And I guess it's, it, you're right. Like you, I think you said this last week as well, that they should I – don't, I don't know if it was about the Suns. It was about some sort of team that they just said to just try. Um, it might Probably have been, Geelong. Yeah, it might have been Geelong. Um, but, yeah, and even with Gold Coast, like, yeah, it has been a bit doom and gloom. But they should take positivity out of just going down to the Eagles by that one point. So mm. there's positive signs in there and – yeah, hopefully they can just try. Like you said, that's all you can do. It's yeah. what your parents tell you when you go off to footy training as a youngster. The same <laughs> rule applies when you're playing on the big stage. Just try your best. <laughs> if your parents are nice, that's what they you. say. <laughs> oh, my parents are nice. That's good. <laughs> yeah, mine were nice. <laughs> so what are we tipping in this game? Oh, Adelaide by 55. Jeez, that's a scorching. Moment. It's also, again, worth noting that the highest score ever in AFLW history is 12-14-86. So let's see if that gets broken this week too. Well, we. Well, I'm going to tip the Crows as well. Um, and I'm going to say 40. I still think it's going to be a high margin, but I don't know. I think the Suns just have a little bit of positivity from that one point loss last week. I reckon they can just get hang in there a little bit longer. Hang in there a little bit longer. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> well, yeah, that, we hope they can. Um, now over to your girls, Casey Fields, absolutely, everyone's favourite footy oval, Saturday at 7.10, so the Casey Fields lights are really in action this season, um, <laughs> the D's are taking on the Saints, I really like this matchup, I think it'd be a really good game, I mean, it's Melbourne's chance for redemption in a way. I have PTSD um, <laughs> from last year, um, before we continue on this point for a second. Should I've... we just roll the G-Trade highlights while we're here? No, do please reckon? don't. Um, <laughs> I feel like noting that you said your girls, as in Melbourne. Yeah. Mel Hickey sent me a message during the week, <laughs> actually on Sunday when yes. Melbourne were losing, yeah. saying, what's happened to your Ds? Oh, and I know she listens to this, so she'll hear this. I felt like saying to her, you played for them. <laughs> How are they my Ds? <laughs> But um, I just thought that was very funny and you saying that reminded me of it. Anyway, um, yeah, so chance for redemption is what you've said. Mm. I think not just when it comes to them getting a win back on the board, but in terms of breaking, like showing that they can break through a defensive structure um, in a a smarter way than what they've tried to do in the past two weeks. Um, They've played two teams that have had a really well set up defence and they just haven't been smart about the way they've tried to break through it, especially last week. If you've heard the review, you heard that I was quite frustrated with them just constantly trying to kick long and it's a Stacey Livingston defence, a Ruby Schleicher defence that's always going to take them up. You're not going to get through it. So what I want to see, and again, the Saints are quite a defensive team, is them try to run the ball with confidence through that. That's the way to break through some of these defences. You know, you've got players that can do that. Kate Hoare, even Sinead Goldrick when she's pushing up the field a little bit. Like, 
um, Eliza McNamara, who I'd love to see turn out of traffic rather into rather than into traffic a little bit more, but young player. Mm. I want to see them trying that stuff because even if it's a poorly scoring game again, like they've done the past two weeks in terms of their conversion, at least they're being smarter about the way they're getting the ball forward, and that's something that we didn't see last week. Um, so I think that is the redemption opportunity that I'm kind of more talking about. Yeah, yeah, I like that. I think that's gonna. I think the Saints probably have the most, one of the most impressive defensive structures in the comp. You know, their the win loss ratio might not tell the story, but very well organized. Yeah, exactly. Really well organized. Really well structured. Um, and we, just when we were on this game as well, we obviously did t- speak about the last time they met. And I'm gonna make you talk about it. I know it was a massive goal from the G train. You must have loved it a bit. I mean, <laughs> I mean, yes, because I do love Caitlin Greiser. Yeah. But, um, I, should... I think if it was any other player, it'd be like, nah, this <laughs> is filthy. Furious. <laughs> if it was Dakota Davidson or Roxy Roo, maybe I'd be okay. Yeah. But, but um... yeah, last time they met, there was obviously a few things that went on. But there's other kind of quirky stats involved in that meeting, wasn't there? Yeah, so when the day that Melbourne played the Western Bulldogs two weeks ago was the one-year anniversary of that game mm. where Melbourne kicked, had more scoring shots, but kicked so inaccurately that they lost the game. Yeah. So Melbourne did that again against the Western Bulldogs where they kicked 212 to the Western Bulldogs 6-1, um, where last year Melbourne kicked 1-8 to I think it was 2-1 um, from memory. Incredibly, it can't have been 2-1, it had to be uh, 3-1. Um Incredibly frustrating. And then Melbourne go out against Collingwood last week, kick 1-8 again, Um, which, again, every time I go to a Melbourne game with Lucy Race, who's also a Melbourne supporter, Melbourne kicks 1-8-14. So um, (laughs) she's not allowed to come to Casey Fields is the moral of that story. Um, Yeah, so the moral of this story is Melbourne needs to kick straight (laughs) Um, because they need to break that cycle of the past two weeks and also, you know, Melbourne did play better footy than Saints did in that game. They just didn't take their chances, yep. which is what we saw last week, which is what we saw the week before. And I think over the first three weeks of the season, it was like, oh, this is a new Melbourne. They've sorted out their accuracy issues. They're scoring much better. They're looking like a much more powerful team. But as soon as that accuracy falls away, it doesn't matter how many scoring shots they get, they just can't get over the line. So that is the thing for Melbourne this week. It seems to be the thing for a lot of teams. We've spoken. This isn't the first time we've spoken about inaccuracy this week. Obviously, the Brisbane Freo game was mental. <laughs> it is a bugbear of mine. It is a frustration of mine because, as much as you know, there's stats to suggest that you know, um, you might be the next team to score if you're if you've just scored a behind or this or that. You know, if you don't you. You don't get to create as many opportunities in AFLW because games are shorter, mm. passages of play aren't as like quick from defense to forward once you've got it forward you need to make the most of those opportunities and when you're kicking 1-8 when you're kicking 2-12 you're not making the most of those opportunities and it I mean it seems so simple but you fix one or two of those things and you, you're winning more games than you're losing so I think that's the thing is Melbourne are doing a lot right it's just letting themselves down again and I think it's probably a little bit more frustrating because we've seen that they can do better than that yeah, and they've fallen yeah. back into this old habit what they can really do now to prove that they are a more mature side than they have been in the past is come back from that and break that cycle this week. And do you reckon they will? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I have tipped Melbourne by 18 Hello. points. <laughs> what Very about nice. you? Uh, I'm going to go for a bit of a wild card here. I'm actually going to tip the Saints by five. Dead to me. Sorry. <laughs> That's right. They won by five last time. 
See, that's why I just thought maybe G Train Magic will strike again. But no, I just I just really like what the Saints are doing this year. And like you said, that defensive wall is really stop looking at me like that. That defensive wall is like really important for for the Saints. So yeah, I reckon I reckon they might give the D's a run for their money, even though it is at Casey Fields. <laughs> Get out of my house. No, it's fine. Jeez, you're fine up this podcast. Why am I? It's because I'm drinking. I told you I was gonna warm up as I drank more coffee. <laughs> you were just you're asleep before we turn mm-hmm. the microphones on, and then bang. <laughs> you were like, you are. how are we gonna record this if you're like this? But now it's time for me to get fired up because my Blues <laughs> are playing against Geelong on Sunday, 12.40 Australian Eastern Daylight Savings Time at the home of women's footy, so they say, at Icon Park. And, geez, it only gets harder for the Cats from here. We spoke about them being one of two winless sides for the year. And Carlton at Icon Park's not an easy opponent. No, and they now have to face that Carlton midfield without Olivia Purcell. So, and the Carlton midfield boosted by Madison Prasparkas. Returning, yes. <laughs> yes. Um, Amy McDonald, I think, has really emerged in that role. Oh, she's, she's brilliant. She's been fantastic. She's, again, leading a lot of their metrics so far this season. Clearances, or she's one of the top two of a lot of that stuff. Clearances, disposals, contested possession, tackles. Um, she's even kicked a goal for them. <sighs> she's going to need a hell of a lot of support yeah. against, <laughs> you know, Prasparkas, O'Day, Egan, Loins, you know, we don't know, again, who's going to be named, but there's so many players that run through that midfield. Uh, McAvoy is just going to be too hard for her to really carry the team, I think. Yeah, there's not much support for her at the moment. It's really hard for her to kind of break through. But, yeah, credit to Amy McDonald. I think she's had a really great season. I think she's probably a name that not many people knew going into it. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, she's absolutely made a name for herself. The McDonald's that everyone was talking about was Meg, and then Amy's came out of nowhere. So it's awesome to see. Um, But... Yeah, they are going to struggle. And it's not only in the midfield they're going to struggle. You reckon that in the forward line they're probably going to struggle as well. Do you reckon Carlson are going to go with that traditional zone defence that you've been talking about throughout the season or are they going to kind of go for a different strategy considering it's a a lower team and they might want to try something new? I think this is the perfect team to use the zone defence against. Yeah. um, Because you use that zone um, so that they can't do the long kicks forward. And we've talked a lot about how Geelong, when they because they flood themselves back to try and support in defence, that they don't spread quick enough once they do get the turnover to move the ball quickly. So then they have to wait. They have to stop and prop, kind of like St Kilda had to do against Adelaide last week. And then by then, you know, everyone's matched up. It's too hard to break through and then it gets turned over and comes straight back in. The zone defence is going to spook a lot of that turnover as well, I think. So, you know, they'll get the turnover, they'll want to go quick, but because they've got those players sitting back there in that zone, Lalawifi, Harrington and Charlotte Wilson in particular, they're just not going to be able to go quick. Phoebe McWilliams will be constantly outnumbered. The only way to break through that is when you get the turnover, go quick, but run quick. So run in waves, handballs, that sort of chain of play rather than a kick, 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 kind of movement down the field Geelong haven't proven that they can do that running play um, unless it's Rochelle Cranston out on her own yep (laughs) so I just I think this zone defense is going to really cause some trouble for an already struggling forward line really Um, and then on the flip side Carlton need to make the most of the midfield dominance they're going to have and get the ball in forward quickly because their issue this year has been getting the ball forward they're taking too long and it's going 
inside 52 and outnumber or to a to a, just a contest that just isn't feasible and they're not quick enough at ground level to make the most of it. If they can use that midfield dominance, get those quick centre clearances and get the ball forward fast to Taylor Harris, to Darcy Vessio, to even Georgia G players, Nicholas Stevens, they're going to have a field day. Yeah. And do you, do you reckon they will have a field day at Arkham Park? Yeah. So it seems weird that I've just talked about it like that. I'm tipping Carlton by 28. There's every chance it'll be a bigger margin, I think. Okay. I'm going to go the Blues by 15. I don't know. I just wasn't... I guess it's maybe, or maybe... Maybe I've got my supporter hat. Maybe I'm not. You guys can Pessimist. tell me. The listeners can tell me. Um, but, yeah, I think, yeah, I just... I probably haven't seen it. I didn't probably get too excited from their wins earlier this season. And, um, yeah, I just think they've still got... They've still got something in the bag. But, yeah, I just... I don't know. Don't That's know, the win. <laughs> yeah. Don't know fun quirk of this season so far. Absolutely. I love quirks, remember? Quirks, layers, time zones. I'm, all, I'm here for it all. <laughs> so, Carlton and North Melbourne, who played one another last weekend, yeah. their seasons have been exactly reversed. What? So, neither team has lost or won in the same weekend so far this year. What? <laughs> So round one and round two, North Melbourne won both games. Carlton lost oh. both games. Round three and round four, North Melbourne lost those two. Carlton won those two. And then they played each other and North Melbourne won over Carlton. Guys, if you could see my head right now, it's absolutely <laughs> spinning. I don't know why that stats like throw me off so much, but whatever. It's pretty cool. I don't yeah. know how you come up with this stuff, but you're a, ge- you're a gem. Get it? <laughs> you probably haven't heard that one before. Never in my whole Never. 30 years of life. <laughs> Well, we went from the home of footy, like the home of women's footy that everyone's been calling, and now we're going to Victoria Park, which is, I guess, what Colin was trying to trying to make the home of women's footy. So, see how that pans out. But yeah, they're, they're hosting the Bulldogs. That's on Sunday, uh, two forty Australian Eastern Daylight Savings Time, and this is the game of the round. Absolutely, this is like above and beyond anything because we're kind of seeing a lot of games that are probably going to be larger margins. Yeah, yeah. This one's the harder one to tip. And I think the thing about this, we've talked about, you know, their defensive structures and that's something I really like to talk about because I think defense is underrated um, as in as a as a unit, not just about, you know, tackling, but like as a unit anyway. Yeah, shout out to um, defenders. I love defenders. They don't get talked about enough. But <laughs> I think the thing that both of these teams have that um, steps them kind of away from a lot of other sides is they both have really even spread of contributors across the board. Um, if you read the roundup that I did for Siren this week, talked about the Western Bulldogs and how everyone's playing their part. And I mean, again, talking about men's footy, the reason I love the Swans so much, especially that 2005 premiership is because it, yeah, it's an even spread across the board. Everyone contributes and that's my favorite kind of footy. And that's what these two teams are giving to us this year yes there are some stars in the teams that are stepping up and doing flashy stuff but generally across the board everyone was doing their job and that is allowing the stars to do what they need to do and also win games so you know you look at the western bulldogs and you think of izzy huntington you think of ellie blackburn you think of jess fitzgerald but also look at what eleanor brown is doing in defense look at yeah look at what kirsty lamb is doing in the midfield Look at what Brooke Lachlan is doing up on the wing. Like, they're all doing things that are allowing the Stars to do their thing. And then you look at Collingwood and, you know, they have the big three in the middle. They have Davey, Benici and Lambert. And then they've got Molloy up forward. But then look at Schleicher and Livingston and Butler in defence. Look at what Joanna Lynn is doing. She's not getting a lot of the ball, but she's positioning herself really well and doing that sort of stuff in her first season. There's all these players that are contributing in ways that 
we're not talking about very much. But it is so important. It's the reason these teams are doing well. Yeah, it's massive. And there's so many, you know, yeah, you're right. You do talk about the big players and you tend to... Jasmine Garner. Oh, yeah, Jasmine Garner. (laughs) 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 Yes, but it's good to give the little guy some some kudos. Yeah, absolutely. Um, But I think this you've got like, there's a couple of different dimensions to both games. You mentioned they both play the similar style of, you know, making sure that everyone plays their role in the team. But the difference in this game is probably the Collingwood defence and then Dogs quick turnovers. Can you tell me about those two elements? Yeah, so I, I apologise for harping on a lot of defensive structure stuff this week, but I think it's so integral to a lot of the games this weekend. Yeah. Um, so last week, I, again, was frustrated that Melbourne couldn't see that you needed to run the ball through that defence rather than just kick long. The thing that we're seeing the Dogs do particularly well this year is not just dominate territory, because when they dominate territory, yes, fine, but the, they're scoring a lot better when they get the quick clearance or they get the quick turnover and you're seeing Ali Blackburn or Kirsten McLeod or Izzy Huntington, Jess Fitzgerald running the ball forward to kick a goal in space. You know, Stacey Livingston is not going to be able to catch Ellie Blackburn on the run or Jess Fitzgerald on the run. It's not going to happen. That's how they need you need to score against Collingwood yeah. and the Western Bulldogs are playing the style of game to allow them to do that. It's going to be really interesting. Mm. I mean, like, they both have that really exciting run and carry, but I think right now it feels like the Bulldogs' run and carry is more noticeable because I think it's just resulted in so much more scoring shots and opportunities for them. So see how it pans out. Yeah, I'd love to see. I'd love to have more stats than I already have, but I'd love to see. You have plenty of stats already. (laughs) I bought in nothing, so. Um, (laughs) But um, from, from the feel of watching Collingwood's games, it feels like they get the ball into their forward line and then try to get scores off um, stoppages in their forward yeah, line, exactly. which we saw a few of them. I mean, Brown Davies, a couple of goals last week, a couple of Chloe Malloy's goals last week. They came off those stoppages in the forward line, whereas the dogs are getting it from that run and carry through. Yeah. And I think that's going to be the differing part. Um, the dogs have shown that they can deal with losing the territory battle in that Melbourne game. They showed that they can force um, really difficult shots on goal and then turn the ball over, which is why I really like this matchup because it's kind of two styles that are very different but also very similar. So you like the matchup, but what team are you liking? Who are you tipping? I have reluctantly tipped Collingwood. I only say reluctantly because I'm really enjoying watching the dogs play the way they're playing. Yeah. Um, I think Collingwood just have that little bit more maturity about them. They're not as reliant on as many young players. Mm. And I think that will help in what will I think be a close game. So I'm tipping Collingwood by two points. What about you? Oh, two points. I'm tipping the Pies as well, but I'm going to tip them by ten. Yeah, I just reckon they've been absolutely amazing this year, and I think they'll they'll get the chockies again. But yeah, it's hard to tip because the Bulldogs definitely give them a run for their money. So mm. we'll see how that one goes. And now that we've finished that. Those antics for the game of the round. <laughs> We're heading over to Optus Stadium. How exciting. Our first AFLW game in Optus Stadium, I'm pretty sure, this season. Or this, se- this season, yes. This Sorry, season, I thought yeah. you were going to say ever. I was like, no, no, no. <laughs> no. You'd correct me straight away if it was. But yeah, this season, first game, West Coast and Freo. Second time they're playing each other, but first time at Optus Stadium this season. Sunday at 1.40 Australian Western Standard Time. 
or four forty Australian Eastern Daylight Savings Time, and that's a double header with the men's Amy Community Series game as well. So cool to have our first double header underway as well. Yep. So a couple of firsts in this game, but also a big second, which is that these two teams have played each other. Can you tell me about what could maybe go different this time? Yeah, so um, I feel like we need to clarify or just talk about the fact that there is a double up in a short season, yep. which is frustrating for everyone. But given the circumstances, if it had to happen, this is the perfect game for it to have happened with. Absolutely. Because consider the fact that the first one was played at last minute in front of no crowds because of that yeah. Perth lockdown. The conditions were horrendous. <laughs> um, they would love a replay of that and they're getting one. <laughs> yeah, and the fact that the Eagles are coming off a win and Freo coming off a loss is a really interesting dynamic because yeah. this has never happened before. So last time they met, it Eagles kicked 2-2-14 to Freo's 2-11-23. Um, I, I'm really excited about this game. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, on paper, like you think, oh, it's a bottom team versus a top team. It's going to be an absolute smacking, but that's that the stats or the scoreline says it, you know, they both kicked the same amount of goals the last time they met. So it was just the behinds that were the difference. So it's insane how close this game really could be. But I think I'm kind of thinking that Frio are probably going to hit their stride again. What are you thinking? Yeah, so I think if – sorry for saying I think so much. Um, if if I read the game correctly last time, if the weather had not been the way that it was, I don't know that it, that it would have been as close. Yeah. So I think the weather played into the Eagles' hands last time. So that's why I'm excited to see it played on a, on a big stadium that's relatively protected from the conditions, unless it's raining, obviously. Yeah. But in terms of wind and stuff like that, relatively protected. Um, really good nick ground as well. Yeah. Um, I love the idea of this being Fremantle's chance to kind of get back from their loss last week. And uh, it's so weird to say that. Like, they lost last week. We're talking yeah. about them getting redemption after losing at home. So yeah, it's going to be an interesting dynamic for them. For so sure. I, I think we should expect to see that outside control and, and the want to play sl- slingshot footy out of their kind of back half. Yep. Um, expect to see the ball in the hands of Steph Kane and Hayley Miller quite a bit, getting the ball down the field. Ebony Antonio being that real slingshot outside run play. That's the game style that they haven't quite hit very much this year so far maybe that Adelaide game was the only one that we saw it quite a bit in that second half I really would love to see the Freo of last year come out in this one it's a really good opportunity for them to do that well I just checked the Perth weather it's 28 degrees so it's gonna be hot but it's sunny and it's not raining so I think Freo will like the conditions maybe the Eagles might not we'll see what happens but who are you tipping now that you know the conditions (laughs) I'm going Freo by 30 in this one and I think Kiara Bowers is going to win her third best on ground at a derby that's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and you're probably right, to be fair, too. She's absolutely had a ripper of a season. And, yeah, I'm going to tip Frio as well. I reckon they're going to probably get up by 35. I just think they'd be really disappointed after that, that long winning streak's gone now. They really want to get it started back again ASAP. So I reckon they'll do it absolutely starting this weekend. Yeah. Well, before we finish off the podcast, we've had, we as we do before every podcast, Jen puts out a little... Um, a tweet. little tweet out. Yes, that's the word. <laughs> a little tweet out asking for your questions to test Gem's brain and, and my brain if you want as well, but you don't have to do much testing. Definitely yours as well. <laughs> um, we got a question from at Chewy Boot Video on Twitter. I love these quirky names on Twitter, by the way. I wish I had a cool name like that. Um, <laughs> they've asked, how many games do you reckon teams will need to win in brackets minimum to make finals? That's such a hard 
question. I know because usually, like we we think, I think in past seasons we're thinking of conferences. You know what? Mm. What are the implications if this team wins that game? But it's a full ladder this year, so it would seem simple. But we're not used to having a full ladder and, and something to to work off. So, well, I I reckon Collingwood have won five in a row. I reckon they're set now. I think yeah. five is probably the minimum. Yeah. Um. If you get a nine-round so season, hard. you just do the maths and that seems like enough, but you never know. <laughs> I think the reason I say five minimum is because there are teams that have only won one or zero games, so there is that big difference. Yeah. But maybe let's say six to be on the safe side. But, I mean, we kind of know who's going to make finals at this point, don't we? Yeah, but then again, there's some teams outside that, that could pop in. Like, you think Carl's outside still, so... You know, were they going to try and pop in and make their way in? So, if, if there was that's one a, team that comes to mind. If <laughs> if there was a team to jump into the six, it's not there now. Who do you think would? I probably think Carlton. Hold up! What was that? Boring, no flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Just because of how how much favoritism they had going into the season, surely they've got to live up to it. Like, it's... When are we going? <laughs> yeah, so currently as it stands, Collingwood is first, then Brisbane, Fremantle, Adelaide, Western Bulldogs, Kangaroos. Personally, I can't see that changing. Mm. As much as I would love for Melbourne to get in there, I can't see that changing. And pre-season, the only difference to that ladder that I had in my predictions was um, Carlton in there instead of the Dogs. Mm. So you so, don't reckon Carlton are going to get back in? I think they're too far out. They're, they're a game and percentage out. Melbourne's percentage out. Yep. But Carlton's a game and percentage. I think it's too much of an ask now. Mm, interesting. I don't reckon many of us would have picked that at the start of the season. No. For sure. I mean, they've... they've They were the premiership favourites. In, for in some most people. people's eyes. Yeah. yeah. I think in the captain's call, I think almost all captains tipped Carlton. Yeah. The wider public would have obviously had different thoughts. But yeah, the captain's call was what really stuck out to me. All the captains pretty much tipped Carlton besides... Mm. I don't know who it was, but yeah. I Yeah, I think... There are, if there's a, I mean, feasibly, mathematically, which is my favourite, um, the only team that I think could push someone out is Melbourne, but I don't know that that's going to happen. Um, yeah. I. But also, that's a pretty good top six. Yeah. Three Victorian sides, three non-Victorian sides. That's fun, isn't it? I think it's great fun. <laughs> we love fun. <laughs> don't we? we but also, I don't want to look too far ahead because then it's over and then I'm sad. Yeah. Well, I think we kind of went on to Chewy Boot Video's second question and that was which team that's not likely to be in final session do you think will most play spoiler during the run home? And you've kind of said 
possibly Melbourne and I've possibly said Carlton. So, yeah. Oh, that's a good question though. Yeah, because it, we You've think got to say based, on ladder, based on ladder position, we think Melbourne and Carlton, but then the lower teams as well that are getting momentum, like the Richmond, like you just mentioned, they're getting momentum now and West Coast have had a win. You know, you never know. I reckon it's Richmond. Richmond can't make finals now, but I think they could ruin some other team's chances. Yeah. Even I, I'm kind of looking at now, and I'm thinking the Saints even, that's a, a really big gimme as well. Mm. Good we'll questions, see. Chewy Boot Video. Thank you. <laughs> I love when you make us think because Jem doesn't think enough. No. I don't. Okay. Jem always thinks. I'm okay with that. That was sarcastic. <laughs> don't worry. Um, and a quick shout out just before we leave the podcast as well and, and turn off all our recording devices. VFLW kicked off um, over the weekend. Round one is done and dusted. Um, we had we obviously spoke about it earlier in the podcast with Jess Trend going down with an ACL. We obviously don't like to see that, but um, we got some good you know, some good results across the board. And we, we, and this is the first time we really got to see some AFLW-listed players mm. playing during the AFLW season, obviously with the alignment of the VFLW and AFLW season. So it's good for selection because a lot of AFLW-listed players stood up. So I guess quickly reading through the results for the weekend. So Port Melbourne um, defeated North Melbourne. Their first ever VFLW game, first ever VFLW win. Why not? 33 points, the better. Collingwood defeated Geelong by two. That was a close one. Um, Casey defeated the Blues by 36 points. Brenna Tarrant, five goals. I know. Massive, massive effort from her. Um, Then the Western Bulldogs defeated the Hawks by 42. I thought that was a big surprise. That's a big win. Yeah, I thought that was massive. So good on them for getting the win. Southern Saints defeated Essendon by 18. And then Williamstown defeated Darabin as well at Latrobe Beauty by two points. That was a war of attrition, that game. Absolutely. We love to see those close games in VFL. I guess... Couple of shout out players as well. You mentioned Brenna Tarrant got five on the board. That was great. Brooke Brow kicked a goal for North on the weekend. Christina Bernardi got on the board. Three snags for her. So good to see her hitting some form. Um, yeah, Olivia Barber kicked three for the Cats, which was really good. Georgia Clark kicked two. Obviously, drafted as a defender, but she's been able to to go up forward and make it an influence there. Paige Trudgeon, the um, the late Carlton, pick, the, yeah. the replacement player for Carlton, kicked kicked, kicked two goals. Obviously, Brenna Tarrant in that game, five goals. That's, no one's going to beat that effort. <laughs> I think it's also um, worth mentioning for anyone that is looking at, and it, this is very strange of me to defend Hawthorne, um, being a big Sydney fan, but <laughs> I think it's really worth noting that Hawthorne have a lot of their normal, like VFLW players who are on a- other AFLW lists. Mm. So you may look at that score against the Dogs and be shocked because they have been a really strong team. Yeah. Um, and they've announced this brilliant all-female coaching panel, that sort of stuff. But look at who a lot of their key players are. Sarah Perkins, who's up on the Gold Coast. Yeah. Beck Beeson, who's at the Suns. You know, all these players. Giants. The yeah. Giants. That's <laughs> okay. I'm back to being tired. Um, all these players who play a really big role in their VFLW team normally when they're not aligned um, with the AFLW competition they've lost those players for this season or for a lot of this season so don't look at that and be like what's Beck Goddard doing um look at that and just understand the context of that and that would go for a lot of other teams Darabin will have lost a lot of players as well Mm. um but yeah it's just take these things within context as well I think is really important yeah probably the standalone teams wouldn't have liked the move 
um, the v- of the VFLW season earlier in the year because they're the ones who, who lose the players. But I suppose it opens up, opens up an opportunity for younger players. So Gemma Owen was named best on ground for Hawthorne, former Sandringham Dragons captain in the yep. NAB League. So good for her to get some confidence in her. I think it was probably – I think it was her first game for the Hawks from memory. So. I think it was, yeah. Yeah, so best on ground your first game is not a bad effort. Um, but on the Bulldogs side of things, Brittany Gutnett kicked two goals. Nell Morris-Dalton got up in the scoreboard as well. Izzy Grant, who had to come out of the side as well. You know, these players should be playing AFLW by the looks of it. Gemma LaJoy was there. I didn't realise she was playing VFLW yeah, the weekend. Yeah, she hasn't played since round one. And yeah. it's just like... Isabel Pritchard as well. Yeah, if you have a side that can't fit those players in, you've got a pretty deep list. It's crazy. It just, it's mind-boggling, really. Um, and for Essendon, I thought, shout out Courtney Eagle as well. I mentioned her mm. last week coming back from her first game from an ACL fest on ground. How good's that? Um, did she also have a broken leg or am I wrong? Oh, probably I think she like broke that. her leg yeah, and walked I think off she had the, the field. Whole thing, yeah, for Essendon. Yeah. Either yeah. way, knee injury. She hasn't played since. Yeah. <laughs> or leg injury, knee injury hasn't played since. But yeah, got to get on the park, which is really good. Kendra Hall, like you mentioned last week, also named in the best. Yeah. Yeah, for the Southern States, Valerie McMurray, who's crossed over from Essendon, was playing against her old side. She got two snags on the board, and yeah, a couple of good players for them to watch out for as well. So, a couple of good standout performances across the board, and. Sydney Kubash there for Darabin as well. A former Carlton VFLW player was named best on ground. So good for her to get some confidence up. Then Megan Williamson from Williamstown, she just keeps on charging on. I think she was runner-up best in Ferris in 2019. And former Bendigo Pioneers... Um, is it Bendigo Pioneers? Yeah, Bendigo yeah, yeah, Pioneers yeah. in the Lab League. I keep, I keep forgetting there's too many Bendigo team <laughs> names. But Bendigo Pioneers in the Lab League. She was a former captain and best on ground and kicked a goal. So... Couple of fun shout outs here on the podcast. Um, VFLW round two is coming up as well. There's a lot of good games to look forward to. I won't, I'll reel them off very, very quickly because I don't want you guys hanging on for too long. And as we know, the VFLW is announced week by week. So keep an eye on the VFL Twitter account so when the fixtures come out. Round two is obviously coming up in the VFLW. And quick reel off of the matches just before we, we turn off the recording button, I suppose. And <laughs> Casey's taking on SNN on Saturday. That's at Casey Fields at 1 p.m. Collingwood's taking on the Southern Saints, Victoria Park at 12pm. The Geelong Cats are playing Williamstown, that's at Deakin University, Warren Ponds at midday. And on Sunday, it's North taking on the Bulldogs at Arden Street, that's at 9.30am. So if you're on your morning walk getting your coffee, feel free to walk past and watch the game. Um, then we've got a doubleheader at Latrobe. So first up, it's Darabin versus Hawthorne at 11.30, followed by Carlton versus Port Melbourne at 2. So they're the games to look forward to this weekend, along with all the AFLW games this weekend. Jem, are you heading along to any? Uh, I am fully like out of my mind with footy right now. I'm trying to watch as much as I can. But I'm only one person, so I think once AFLW season um, finishes up, I'll be at a lot more. But I'm doing my best to keep, because, I mean, as much as some people hate to hear it, there's also the men's preseason on this weekend. Yes. So for me to continue to do my previews and reviews for that season, I need to be watching that as well. So there's almost too much footy. Um, if people paid me more money, then I could do more of that and less of the other stuff. As a stuff. fan, we love it. As a worker, maybe not. <laughs> but no, good. I'll be at um, Carlton Port Melbourne this weekend in the VFLW. Amazing. So we'll see what happens there. Be I feel too. terrible for not being able to go, but I'm just, you know, there's lots of things. I mean, I back to teaching in classrooms, which is wild to me. First time in a year. I'm working in a warehouse. I've hurt my hand. So <laughs> we're doing well, aren't we? 
We are doing well. And I guess now that I've heard you've hurt your hand, I better let you go. Better get some ice on that. So thanks for joining us, Jen. Thanks for, thanks for waking up halfway through the podcast. Sorry us. about that. But good to see you, Jen. Good to not so much see the listeners, but good to have you have your company here on the Play On Preview as you do every week. Thanks for listening and we'll see you at the footy. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi mm. hello fresh stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at hellofresh.com let's get this dinner party started 